Hi, I'm Lesha Holzaffel, and you're listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast, a podcast for moms who are ready to lose the weight they want without gaining it back by learning the holistic approach to nutrition and how our brains determine our long-term success. Welcome to the Fit Mom Squad. Before we get started on today's show, I want to tell you about a free live training that I'm hosting next week. Now this training is going to happen on Wednesday, May 13th and Thursday, May 14th. Now originally, we were going to charge $97 for this training. However, we're going to let the first 100 registrants in for free. So in this training, I'm going to cover the five pillars of weight loss, what you need to know, how to implement these five pillars to lose the weight you want so you never gain it back, okay? So if you want to learn about that, please head on over to www.bsbtribe.com forward slash training and secure your spot right now. So pause the show and go sign up to secure your spots before those spots are all gone. All right. And I'll see you there live. Today on the show, I'm going to talk about who shouldn't do keto. I know, right? Coming from me, this keto advocate and um, keto girl, I've been doing keto for the last five years. Also, let's see how many times I can say the word keto in this episode. But I wanted to dissect some reasons why keto might not be good for you. Okay, now I know that keto has become a buzzword. Um, I heard that it was like the most Googled term last year, which is awesome, but also kind of crazy. And a lot of people are jumping on the keto bandwagon because they've by now heard of somebody or read somewhere or saw somewhere about the success of the ketogenic diet. Because ultimately, when you're coming from a sad diet, a standard American diet, which is high in refined carbs and sugar, and you switch to a low-carb ketogenic diet, you're going to lose a lot of water weight at first because carbs and sugar retain a lot of water and inflammation in your body. So when you think about someone that's coming from that type of eating and they switch over and eliminate all of the carbs and all of the sugar, ultimately, yeah, their body's going to flush out all of that water. So a lot of times people, they share how like, I lost 10 pounds in one week of doing keto. And then other people get excited and they're like, I want to lose 10 pounds in one week. So everybody and their mother wants to try the keto diet. But I'm here to tell you that it's not for everyone and you shouldn't just try something because everybody and their mother is doing it. That's like, you know, growing up, I heard all the time, like, if your friend jumped off the branch, would you jump off the branch? You know, that type of thing. And that's kind of what keto has become. I feel like a lot of people are just doing keto because it's the next new popular fad thing, which by the way, it's not a fad. It's been here since 1920s to treat epilepsy in children. So it's not anything new, but because of the popularity that's gotten in the media, 
everybody wants to try it. And the problem with everybody trying it is that most people, like anything else that they do, they don't really take the time to do research or to actually study something before doing it. Okay, most people just listen to the advice of their friends or some Instagram influencer that just doesn't know crap about nutrition, but you know, they have hundreds and thousands of followers, which must mean they know what they're talking about. No, they don't, all right? Most people don't really wanna do their own research. They don't wanna read books. They don't wanna listen to podcasts. Not you, my friend, though. You, mama, you're smart. That's why you're here listening to this. But most, you're not most people, okay? But that's how most people function. They just hear of something like, oh, cool, what is it? High fat, low carb. Okay, so I can eat like processed cheese and deli meat all day and lose weight? Sign me up. Oh, I could still eat all this packaged and process crap, sign me up, right? So that's how they approach keto. Now, I need to get off this soapbox because I could be on this soapbox for hours. You can't tell I'm a little feisty today for a reason um, because it's just gotten to the point where it's like almost, I don't know how to say it. It's almost like... um. I don't want to tell people when they ask me how I eat. I don't want to like say, oh, I follow a ketogenic diet anymore because all of this like media and the stigma and the bad rap that it's gotten. And plus, I don't really want to label myself as following a specific diet. I feel like we're all on a diet, right? A diet is a way of eating, but as soon as you start, you know, using a term, then people start, oh, you're on that new fad diet where you eat just fat all day and all of that crap. So, and to be honest, actually, I'm currently not on a ketogenic diet. I'm currently following the adrenal reset diet to try to restore my adrenals. I've been struggling with adrenal fatigue, even though it's not technically a medically like appropriate diagnosis. The medical community doesn't really actually believe that it's a thing, but it is a thing. Um, and I am working with Dr. Alan Christensen's team of naturopathic doctors um, via telemedicine to help me figure out once and for all what's really going on with me. Um, this is my third doctor, so I'm hoping, you know, they say third time's the charm um, to really get to the bottom of my issues because it seems like no matter what I'm doing, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling any better. I can't seem to get to my normal weight. And I swear I eat the cleanest that you've ever, you've ever seen anybody eat, honestly. But anyway, and I'm not just like saying that to like show off or be like, oh, I eat so clean. Like I literally eat so clean. I should not be having all this extra extra weight on my body, which tells me there's something else going on, which is most likely adrenal fatigue, but they also think I might have some leaky gut going on. So anyway, the point is I'm not currently doing a ketogenic diet. I'm following an adrenal reset protocol, which requires carbs because carbs actually are more beneficial to cortisol, especially at night. It helps lower cortisol and kind of calm your body down. So to get to that point, let's talk about who shouldn't do keto. Let's start with the number one person, which is someone that has adrenal fatigue or issues with cortisol. 
Okay, now I'm not going to say in general hormones altogether because keto is great for hormones because of insulin, right? Keto is completely like perfect for insulin, insulin resistance and diabetes because it lowers your insulin, helps you cure diabetes really, you can cure diabetes with the ketogenic protocol. So as far as hormones goes, I can't label altogether and say that keto in general is bad for your hormones because it's not, right? Because it has its place for insulin and it might have its place for, you know, menopausal things and all of that. However, when it comes to cortisol, Based on the new research that I've been doing, uh, the books and the studies that I've read, you have to be careful with a low-carbohydrate diet when it comes to your adrenals because your adrenals, especially cortisol, need that extra support from the carbs, um, especially at night. And I'm not going to get into much like really nitty gritty of the science of all these reasons. If you want to get more into it, I can definitely point you in the direction of resources, but I want to just kind of point out different types of people on this episode just to show like which people should avoid or not do keto like as of right now until you figure these things out. So you want to be careful when it comes to things like adrenal fatigue going very, very low carb because that could actually raise your cortisol even more. And when you consume carbs, especially um, when I'm talking carbs here, I'm talking about starchy vegetables. I'm talking about, you know, um, lentils and brown rice and quinoa. I'm not saying like bread and pasta. This is still a gluten-free zone, right? When it comes to hormones, we want to stay in the gluten-free zone. So eating them, especially at night, helps your body naturally lower cortisol, kind of helps you sleep better and reset those adrenals, okay? So that is why I started incorporating some carbs into my diet, And stay tuned on that. I'm doing it for 30 days and then I'm going to revisit and see how it goes. So if you have adrenal fatigue or problems with cortisol, you should probably not jump straight into keto. Now, what can you do instead? I would do more of a paleo approach, okay? So if you're coming from a standard American diet and you have adrenal issues and your goal is to do keto because you want to try it, I would first start off with something like paleo because with paleo, you still avoid all the common like culprits of, you know, hormones, which is dairy and sugar and gluten and all of that. But you're also, you're not limiting your carbs so much as you are with the ketogenic diet. Okay. So that's the first person that shouldn't do keto. The second person that shouldn't do keto is someone that has underlying gut issues such as leaky gut, okay? And the main reason for this is because a ketogenic diet allows for um, dairy and dairy is harmful to the gut, especially if you have something like leaky gut or candida or SIBO because dairy has lactose and lactose is very inflammatory. A lot of people are intolerant of it. 
and it's just inflames your body it flames your gut lining so for that reason for mainly that reason you want to avoid the ketogenic diet if you're dealing with gut issues also you have to be careful with the keto diet as it relates to gut because there is some research that long-term um, ketogenic dieters they lack enough fiber in their gut um, due to the fact that, you know, in general, the ketogenic diet isn't very high in fiber. Like, yes, you get fiber from vegetables, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, most people that do the ketogenic diet, they're not really doing the clean keto approach that I, you know, teach my members to do and that I've been doing for many years now. Um, they kind of do more of like a dirty keto, um, a lot of processed foods, a lot of quick, you know, lunch meats and cheeses and all of that, you know, I don't see a lot of like really, um, vegetable, um, based ketogenic dieters. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just not looking hard enough. That's not really what I see on my Instagram feed. So over time, you know, this lack of fiber, we need fiber for our gut, right? The fiber is what helps promote the good bacteria and helps fight off the bad bacteria. And to be honest, when I had my um, gut check last year with uh, the stool analysis that I did, the poopy test, uh, the one thing that my functional medicine doctor told me was that I did actually was missing a lot. I, my gut microbiome did not have a lot of um, fiber in it. And um, he said that that's probably due to the fact that I've been following a ketogenic diet for a very long time. And even though I do incorporate things like chia seeds and flax seeds and hemp hearts and vegetables, it still might not be enough long term. Okay. And fiber is very, very important to the gut. So for those reasons, I would say that if you have extreme gut issues, a strict ketogenic diet, you know, the standard ketogenic diet of high fat, low carb, you know, allowing you dairy is probably not appropriate. However, you could make adjustments and you can do a clean keto approach, which I have done in the past. And usually what I do and what the meal plans inside BSB tribe are and all of that, which is keto, but you're not really focused on high fat. You get enough fat to keep you full. You get enough fat to like, you know, cook your food in and to be, you know, satisfied. You're not pouring fat on your food. You're not, you know, chugging like MCT oil or like pounding down fat bombs to get your fats in because that's what you need to do. No, you don't need to do that. Okay. So that, that you could, you know, you can avoid that and then you can avoid dairy. You can still then be okay with the gut. You just have to really be careful and make sure that you're then getting enough fiber and you're really focusing on fiber rich foods, right? You're focusing on getting, you know, the chia seeds that I told you, like chia seed pudding, um, you know, with coconut milk, not heavy cream, 
um, flax seeds and I have a couple of awesome flaxseed pancake recipes on my blog EpiFit Explore that are great for fiber, um, things like hemp hearts, those fibrous foods that are allowed in green leafy vegetables that will help you up in your fiber so it's not making your gut issues worse, okay? So that is like the second person that I would say probably should not do a ketogenic diet. And again, these are all just examples. These are all just things that are based on my um, research and also my opinion, right? I mean, there could be somebody that completely argue with me on every single thing and say, no, that's not correct. No, that's not correct. And sure, that's, you have, you know, your own opinion, you're more than welcome to have it and you believe what you wanna believe. I'm just sharing based on my experience and what I've been learning about all of the holistic things inside our bodies. And this is kind of what I just wanted to share with you. So let's talk about the third person that should not do a ketogenic diet. Okay. This one's going to be like, okay, Lesha, like, all right, you know, way to be like a smart butt. A person that, um, cannot give up carbs and sugar should not do a ketogenic diet. Now you might be saying like, okay, well, nobody really wants to give up carbs and sugar. And yes, you're right. But there's a difference that people that don't want to give it up and then like they do give it up and they really, you know, it might be hard at first. Of course, it's going to be hard at first because you're going to have withdrawals and all of that, but then they're kind of fine with it and they, you know, say they accept that it's going to be their lifestyle. If you're a person that like today, literally, if I asked you today, are you willing to give up bread and sugar for the rest of your life? Like not to say that you'll never ever have it again, but like literally 90% of your diet, can you give up sugar and bread? And if you can seriously tell me, yes, 100%, I can absolutely do it. I've gone most of my life eating it. I know what it tastes like. I know how it makes me feel. I know what it does to my body and how it destroys everything, how it causes all these diseases. If you can tell me that, then go for it, girl, because you are ready to keto on. But if you're saying, no, bread is life, like my mom says. You know, sugar, I love sugar. I can't imagine life without sugar. If that makes you sad, imagining life without sugar, girl, you ain't ready for keto, okay? Because here's the thing that happens. When you go into a ketogenic diet from being almost, I don't want to really use the word addicted or I'd say obsessed more because now sugar addiction is, you know, it's real and I had it and I'm saying that I don't want to use that word lightly, but let's say you're going into keto thinking that, you know, I'm going to try this because I have 20 pounds to lose, but after I lose my 20 pounds, I'm just going to slowly, you know, go back to eating carbs. I'm not going to like eat all the carbs, obviously, like, but you do, right? You, you do. And that's a lot of, that's what happens to a lot of people. They go in it 
because they see it works for other people. They do it. They lose a lot of weight, right? And then one day they cheat and they gain five pounds and then they freak out and then they go on it again and then they cheat again and then they gain another five pounds to the point where they've yo-yoed this so much that they just say, I give up. This diet doesn't work. This diet's stupid. It's too strict. I can't handle it, right? That's what I hear all the time. So then what happens is they get off of keto and within a month they are back to their normal weight and then they just you know ground zero start at zero so they spend all this time you know fighting the urges and the cravings and cutting out carbs and this and that really for nothing so what i will say to you that if you want to do a ketogenic diet, you have to be able to accept the fact that you cannot go back to eating carbs and sugar on the regular unless you want to regain your weight back. Okay. The ketogenic diet is really a lifestyle. If you're going to commit to it, the people that actually do it, do it long term. Those are the people that lose their weight and keep it off. Now there is a way to wean off of keto and transition to another form of dieting that will help you maintain your weight. And that's something that I teach my members inside BSB Try because a lot of people just don't want to do keto for life. First of all, we don't really know the long-term research when it comes to keto and what happens at the end. I mean, what's going to happen 10, 20 years from now? Following a strict ketogenic diet, we cannot say 100% that we know because again, it was only used to treat children with epilepsy. And again, we don't have enough data to know for sure the long-term effects of a ketogenic diet. So a lot of people with that being said, are not really gonna wanna stay on it for their whole life, which is fine. There's a way to wean off of it, but still maintain some kind of carb and sugar threshold that you're not gaining your weight back, okay? So the point here that I'm trying to make is if you are the type of person that right now you're saying, I don't think I can commit to that, then I would not recommend that you start keto. I would recommend that you start baby steps, right? Tiny habits, things like start just by cutting out sugar, right? The most damaging thing in our food system is sugar. So start by cutting that off. Then once you've actually got yourself off of sugar, and again, that's the thing, people that are addicted to sugar or addicted to carbs, it's really hard for them to get into keto and actually stay in it and stay on it and get success because they haven't dealt with their addiction, right? And that's brain stuff. And that's like a whole other subject. So if that's you, you want to work on that first before you try the keto diet, okay? So again, yes, keto diet helps with cravings and it helps, you know, curb your appetite and it helps with carbon sugar cravings. However, there's still a lot of people on the ketogenic diet that experience carbon sugar cravings. Now, some of that might have to do is because they are addicted to it and they've never addressed that addiction. But another point of it is because of all the packaged and processed keto food that's on the market. When you eat that, your brain gets those signals of getting sugar, even though it's not sugar, the dopamine effect still hits your brain because 
it's sweet, right? Your brain gets that sweet sensation, then it triggers you to want more sugar. That is why I avoid and I recommend that my clients avoid eating packaged and processed keto foods. I like to say keto junk foods because that's what they are. So let's go back to this, okay? So if you're a person that you answered, no, I cannot give up carbs and sugar for my life, for the rest of my life, then I want you to start with giving up sugar first and work with that, then focus on giving up refined carbs and weaning off. And when I mean giving up, I don't say that you're never gonna have them for the rest of your life. I'm saying that 90% or 85% or whatever percent of your diet a large majority of it will be free from these foods. So I would work on that. I would work on the first, the three top three culprits of weight loss, which is grains, which are in the gluten family, sugar and dairy, okay? And once you've kind of gotten used to that and you feel better, then I would transition to keto. I think it's really hard for someone that has a sugar addiction or a carb addiction to go on keto and stay on it long term for a long time without cheating and yo-yoing back and forth, okay? So that's the third person that should not follow a ketogenic diet. And then the last person that I think should not do the ketogenic diet is a pregnant lady, mama, woman, that has not done keto before pregnancy, okay? Now, I know there's going to be, there's a lot of debate about that. You know, there's a lot of articles. I don't know how much studies there are really on pregnancy and keto because, again, it's just like relatively new. Um, But I don't think that if you've been doing keto for like years and you're fat adapted and your body is used to it and then you get pregnant... I don't think there's anything wrong with doing keto. I think you'll be totally fine. However, the problem is that if you've never done keto a day in your life and then you get pregnant and you're like, I'm going on keto because I don't want to gain, you know, a bunch of weight when I'm pregnant. That is harmful because A, you're already in that mindset of you're doing keto so you don't gain weight while you're pregnant, right? You're not thinking about your baby. You're thinking about yourself, okay, and how you look, And second of all, you probably haven't done a lot of research. You probably haven't experimented with it. You probably really don't know, don't know how your body will react to keto, how your body's going to function. Plus, I mean, think about it. Okay. You're pregnant. You're probably going to get morning sickness. You're probably going to throw up and feel like total douche, you know, for the first trimester for sure. Why would you want to add keto flu on top of that? And I will tell you that most people do get keto flu because again, coming from a standard American diet to ketogenic diet, cutting all those carbs, all those sugars, then now all those hormones and all the processes that are going on in your body, all the electrolyte imbalances, you're probably already dehydrated from puking all day. Now you're even more dehydrated. I mean, that is just a poop storm, right? So I would not recommend that. Plus, you have to be careful because You really want to make sure that you're getting all your nutrients. And again, a lot of people that follow the ketogenic diet aren't very attentive to make sure that they get all the nutrients, all the minerals, all the vitamins that, you know, are lacking because yeah, keto does eliminate a lot of 
group, well, carbs and then the starchier vegetables and beans and all of that. And so you really have to make sure you're on top of all of that. So you really have to be well versed in the ketogenic diet to do the ketogenic diet the proper way. And adding pregnancy on top of that. And then, you know, the fact that like, honestly, most women can't even tolerate anything but carbs while they're pregnant and eating high fat makes them even sicker and nauseous. I just remember myself, and I'm only saying this because of my experience with trying, keyword, trying to do keto in my second pregnancy. Because after my first pregnancy, I had gained 50 pounds and um, I, you know, I, I didn't really know about keto then. So I didn't do keto. Obviously I did keto right after I had my first baby to lose all the weight that I gained. Now, when it came to my second baby, Zoe, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do keto while pregnant. I'm going to be the keto pregnant lady, you know, I'm gonna looking good, you know? Uh, er, yeah, that lasted like Mm, two months, three months. I'm not even gonna lie. I, I gotta. I can't even remember now. Like how long did I last? I didn't last very long. Let me tell you that. Okay, I started headstrong. Right, I was committed, but the carb cravings got the best of this mama. I could not handle them. Like they were intense. I didn't want anything but carbs. My body did not want fat. My body did not want cheese. I did not want greens. I remember like looking at kale and feeling like I'm going to throw up. And I was like obsessed with kale back then. So like I would always make kale salads. Like my husband loved these kale salads that I used to make all the time. And I just looked at it and wanted to barf. So it's like the only thing I wanted was like bread and crackers. Like I'm not even kidding you. So I knew right there and then I'm like, okay, I have to make the decision. I can either white knuckle this, force myself, be even more miserable than I'm already am to be around when I'm pregnant. I am not a happy pregnant lady because I do not like being pregnant. I just do not enjoy it. I don't enjoy the changes in my body. I don't enjoy, you know, the heaviness and the aches and not being able to be as fit as I usually am and not being able to just be myself and having a child invade my body. But nevertheless, I I appreciate the miracle and the ability to be able to carry and birth a child into the world. It's the most exhilarating experience, especially when you do it without any drugs. What? The most exhilarating, like truly, I would never take it back a day in my life. But I made the decision that, you know, maybe doing a ketogenic diet while pregnant is just not what my body wants or needs right now. And that's the thing. We have to learn how to listen to our bodies. And at first you'd be like, how do you do that? I don't know how to listen to my body. My body telling me it wants a whole tub of ice cream. Yes. Okay. But you really just slow down and listen to your body and learn the cues and learn the feelings that you get, the reaction that you get when you eat certain foods. How do you feel? How, you know, headaches and bloating and just like overall general if you really pay attention and the thing is like well most of us we don't really pay attention when we eat we just eat scarf 
food down our throats. And before we know it, the plate's empty and we didn't even taste anything. We haven't even digested half of it. It's just like gone because we don't really like, we're not in tune because we're doing a million things at once. So listening to our bodies means like just taking a moment and getting feedback for what your body is saying. Now that's different than like giving into the chatter in your head and the craving saying like, I need that glass of wine tonight. That's not listening to your body. That's listening to your primal brain that's telling you, you know, we're in the habit of unwinding with a glass of wine. So we need one now. And that takes time to kind of differentiate the difference between those two. But when it came to pregnancy, I knew that like my body and it did not want to do keto. All right. Because it was like I was forcing it and it just was not working. It was literally giving me signs of nausea and wanting nausea and wanting to vomit and all of that, which told me like my body just does not want high fat. Right. So I kind of just gave in and, and went with the flow and 60 pounds later, you know, here I am a 200 pound pregnant lady on all the carbs and sugar. So that was kind of my story with uh, keto and pregnancy and kind of digress there. But that's kind of the last person that I would say probably should not do keto again with a caveat of if you're just brand new to keto and you've gotten pregnant. Okay. So Let's kind of wrap up really quickly of what I said. This episode was seriously on the fly. Like I'm sitting here in uh, my office. It is a Tuesday evening, um, you know, 8 o'clock p.m. My husband and I have been taking shifts of working and he's like, hey, do you want to work? And I'm like, sure. And I just literally sat down and I said, I just feel like talking about who shouldn't do keto. I don't even have any notes. I literally, this is off the cuff. This is why there's not a lot of scientific data in this episode. It's just like me sharing my thoughts and my opinion. So The number one person is if you have adrenal fatigue or high cortisol, you probably shouldn't do keto or at least strict keto. Um, If you have any underlying gut issues such as leaky gut, SIBO, candida, um, and um, what else did I mention there? Uh, I think that's all I pretty much mentioned. You should probably avoid doing strict keto. If you are going to do keto, you might want to do a clean keto approach that eliminates dairy. And you also want to make sure you're getting enough fiber. Then the third person that shouldn't do keto is someone that is addicted to carbs or addicted to sugar or knows that they can never give up eating sugar and carbs on the regular for their entire life, right? Ketogenic approach is probably not for you. And then the fourth person that shouldn't do keto is a pregnant lady that hasn't done keto prior to pregnancy. Okay, so I hope that that was helpful. Um, Let me know what you think. Let me know what your thoughts are. Um, Thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast. If you're looking for free resources to get you started on your weight loss journey, go to www.bsbtribe.com forward slash resources. If you're ready to take your weight loss to another level and work with me personally, I invite you to join the BSB Tribe waitlist. 
Spots are limited in this exclusive online community, but if you join the waitlist, you'll be the first to know when doors open up again. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon.